Hello, welcome to this new episode on the Thatcham Voices series on the St Barnabas Thatcham podcast. Uh, my name is Nicola and it's really lovely to have you all with us today. Um, I'm one of the ministers at St Barnabas in Thatcham. So as I mentioned before, this series is all about trying to gather some of the voices from our community and some of the stories from our community um, of the different ways in which people have been experiencing this coronavirus pandemic. I think there probably are as many stories as there are people and there have been some real challenges um, for different groups and different individuals in our community. And by knowing about these things and by sharing those stories, I hope that we can encourage each other and support each other as we go forwards. So I'm really excited today about our guest um, because we have Laura Lewis with us today um, from Swings and Smiles in Thatcham. Some of you might know Swings and Smiles um, is based on Lower Way and it is just a fantastic organisation that supports children um, with special needs and their families. And Laura will explain to us all the wonderful work that they are doing in our community and what lockdown has been like um, for them and for the people they're trying to serve. So let's jump on into that interview now. Hi, Laura. Thank you for joining us today on Thatcham Voices. Hi. Hello. Thanks for having me. So you're from um, Springs and Smiles, which if um, people don't know, is you're based in Thatcham, aren't you? Yeah, we've got um, our centre um, on Lower Way and deliver our play sessions from that centre. And then we support families across West Berkshire from that point as well. Lovely. Could you tell us a little bit more about Springs and Smiles and the things that you're doing there? Yeah, so uh, Swings and Smiles, we were set up by a mum called Sean Cook about 12 or 14 years ago now, quite a long time ago. Um, her daughter Amy is um, profoundly disabled and she wanted to um, have a place where they could go together um, to enjoy playing really as a family. So Sean set that up and um as a result um swings and smiles happened so we deliver support and friendship and play to children with special needs and their families um in a variety of ways so they can come to the center and play and that's fully accessible for all disabilities to be able to enjoy the swings and the slide the sensory room and the soft play um yeah. but we yeah. also provide support in the community so we have a van um that goes out and delivers play um to other settings um and then we support the siblings of those children so we do um sibling support groups um when in in the real world when we're not in lockdown we would deliver those in schools um and at our center um and then we also support parents so we have a family well-being group and coffee mornings and things like that so we're there for the whole family not just for the child with special needs yeah that's wonderful so it's really a service that covers supports the whole family and, and covers all of absolutely, that absolutely yes and so how have you found these <laughs> it was a big question how have you found these last few months but how's it been for swings and smiles and how's it been for the families that you're supporting and that you're in touch with yes I mean obviously it was um quite a quite a shock to have to change how we deliver so a, a, all of our support up until this point um has been delivered face to face so you know our families find it really important to be able to come somewhere 
have a place that they can play or speak to somebody face to face or our siblings need that. Um, so we've put everything we do online, which I think a lot of organisations have done. Um, and, and that works to a point. So it's, you know, great that we can still keep contact with people. Um, you know, things like we run a music club on a Monday at the centre and we now run music club on a Monday on Zoom. So, you know, we're trying to keep a lot of what we do and the routine of what we do, um, but it is a little bit different. And that's been really well received. You know, I think since we um, went into lockdown, we've delivered about 500 hours of support to around about 200 individual people. So, you know, we've been very busy um, and that's been really important. Um, but families are feeling, you know, isolated. If you're a family that um, are shielding, that's really dif difficult. You know, you can't even go outside. Um, the respite facilities aren't there at the moment. So children that would usually be getting respite, that isn't really available to them. So, you know, it's becoming quite tense in some families, um, quite stressful. Uh, things like our siblings support service, we've seen quite an increase in demand for that. Um, so we probably are supporting between 25 and 30 siblings a week at the moment. Uh, we wouldn't normally have that volume, you know, coming through. Um, and we're trying to build in capacity at the moment to, to offer that to more children. Um, because, you know, it's unusual they're at home with a brother or sister uh, that they wouldn't normally be at home with or, you know, 24 seven, some of them are having to provide extra care, or, you know, aren't getting the attention that they might normally get because because their brother or sister needs it more. Um, so yeah, there's a there's been a lot of challenges for the families. And we're trying to meet that. Um, but then there's challenges for us to do that as well. So it's yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. Um, and we're hoping we're rolling with it as best we can. Yeah, that lack of, um, I hadn't really thought about the lack of respite care, but that that's really challenging. I think so, yeah. I think, you know, if you're used to, even school is a form of respite. Um, so, you know, you're used to being able to have those hours in the day, if you're a mum or a dad, to be able to kind of either catch up on sleep, because, you know, lots of children don't sleep very well, or, you know, do your, your general chores, um, you know, not even considering that some people are trying to work as well in all of this, um, to not have that. And then on top of that, if you are assessors needing additional respite care, um, maybe to provide an overnight break or um, some support on the weekend or after school, that's you know in very very short supply at the moment for for very good reasons obviously you know around social distancing and keeping people safe but that means that that family the additional pressures are increased on them and I think that filters down to the siblings um as well because you know they don't get that one-to-one -one time uh, if they've got a brother or sister that might have behavioral issues they are mm. in the line of fire or they don't get that that quiet time um, that maybe respite would have afforded them pre-lockdown. So yeah, it's 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 bringing up new challenges. I think that maybe we didn't expect at the beginning. Um, so we're trying to work to to minimise or mitigate against some of that if we can. And how about parents? How have you found that? Obviously, you're saying with um, there's the challenges, isn't there, of not just um, looking after a child, but also work. How have you found that families and parents have been getting um, on? A, a mixed bag. So, I mean, to give a full picture, some families are really enjoying this time. Um, 
if you have a child with special needs that likes to be at home um, and doesn't like conforming and having to be part of you know social situations school for lots of young people with special needs can be quite challenging um, they you know find it very um, anxiety you know provoking to have to go into the school environment so not having to do that at the moment means that maybe they're having a more peaceful time um, at home so we have got that side of the coin but I think a lot of parents are finding it very stressful um, you know we get we speak to families that are you know just trying to find things to do so swings and smiles exists as a place where people can come together um that they wouldn't be able to do normally because there aren't those other facilities um and not having those sorts of things in their lives those routines that they need i think has have they found that very very challenging um we probably speak to I think we speak to maybe five to ten families a week on the phone to provide them with that sort of like contact um and that's been really important and you know if you're a, a parent that's maybe not got great support elsewhere you know you might be a single parent or um, have a, a partner that's very very busy in a, in a different capacity um you know everything's on that one person and I think that is that's starting to maybe Tell it, take its toll a little um so we moved our well-being group online um so normally we would deliver a monthly group um, at our center and we've put that online and actually that's been great because we've been able to meet families through that that wouldn't usually be able to attend that session maybe they wouldn't be able to get childcare or couldn't get the transport to get them to that gym um and so now they get that support online um, and one of our team also runs a weekly quiz for families, which, again, we'd never think of doing. Um, and it was something that's come out of, you know, what shall we do? And and that's been really popular as well. So they're being able to meet in a more social way and not talk about problems, particularly, and, and just focus on themselves. So that's been that's been quite nice. Yeah. And just a way of getting that break, I suppose, as well. Yeah, yes. And how have you found it as an organisation? What well, must have been a um, challenging as a charity as well, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, we'd, we um, had planned for this a little bit. You know, we'd started to put little plans in place. But then when the reality is that you've got to send all your staff home to work and actually we are a small organisation. So, you know, we don't have the same IT and infrastructure that a bigger charity would have. Um, so little things like that, we've had to learn very quickly and adapt. Um, so that was that was that was hard in in the first instance. Um, but we've got a great team and they're very flexible. And I think, you know, you can see that they were all very keen to get online content up and be part of it and their families to be part of that as well. So that was that was nice. I mean, as a small charity, obviously, um, our funding has been impacted um, as it as it as all all, all organisations. Um, and so we're now having to reevaluate the ways that we will be fundraising definitely for this year you know so for example we would have a ball in the summer should have happened this weekend that's just gone um that's been put to next year which is great we've got it in the diary um but the fund funding that we would have bought in from that is usually fairly significant in terms of what we need 
um, and our outgoings um, and, and we won't have that this year so it's looking at where else we can get funding um, where we can maybe make slight trimmings in our costs so not through we you know we need all of our staff we didn't furlough any of our team because um, we needed them to keep delivering the service and pushing the service um, but it's you know how else can we make our money stretch better um, how can we keep supporting the same number of families um, but but on a reduced income. So it's it's a bit of a balancing act um, and things change all the time. So what you think you're doing this week could be quite different next week. Um, so yeah, and, and now we're trying to move ourselves back to being able to maybe open some of our sessions and our services face-to-face -face with recent um, announcements from the government. So that brings a whole host of other challenges. Yeah, good. Another thing to think about now. Yeah. <laughs> opening it all up again. Absolutely, yeah. We just get used to the online world, and now we're like, but now we've got to go in and reevaluate all the health and safety and and things like that. Which, um, you know, we're really looking forward to being able to. I think we're going to be opening our garden um, area first of all, so no indoor play, um, and for very limited numbers. But you know, now we're like looking at how we can keep that as safe as possible. Um, and yeah and it's it's just all it's all, all new learning <laughs> it is isn't it definitely a learning curve yeah, yeah I think so <laughs> so are there any other challenges that you would really like people to know about in the local area that um it, either you as an organization or the families that you're supporting are um experiencing at the moment I mean I think for us we would always say before lockdown, um, the biggest challenges that the families that we support would say that they experience are things around feeling isolated and lonely, um, having those reduced opportunities for social contact um, and, you know, concerns around their own mental health and well-being and that of their children and their families. And and I think that this has just exacerbated all of those things. Um, and whilst I think some of us, if we haven't ever experienced social isolation and loneliness, maybe have had a glimpse of what that feels like through being, you know, locked in our own homes and not able to interact in the same way that we're used to. We'll all start going back to some sort of normality um, quite quickly, I think. Um, and some of our families, that won't that won't be the case, you know, so they will still be keeping themselves very much to themselves for for many reasons um you know when the parks your local park reopens um they still won't feel comfortable to go there with a child that maybe has unpredictable behavior because they won't be able to guarantee the social distancing or the reaction that they may get from other members of the public and so that's why obviously our service is so important to these families um and that's why we, you know, we, we really need to make sure that there are those opportunities for them still to, to take part in those things as well. So we don't forget that they're still there um, just because our lives have all gone back to normal. Um, so I think that's 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 quite important for I think everyone to take on board. Um, yeah, that that I think is the big thing. Yeah, I think that's something I've been reflecting on, that the all of our experiences are so different and um, it's easy to forget that the process is different for everyone isn't it and the emergency lockdown is so different depending on um, what's going on for you at home and yeah just remembering that 
everybody's got a different story i suppose yeah. um at the moment and some of us are mm. clamoring for normality aren't we we can't wait to get back into you know shops yeah. and restaurants and bars and all that and other people have enjoyed this part so you know especially some of the children have enjoyed being at home and the slower pace of life and come maybe September or October when schools are saying no you have to come back I think we're going to see some some new challenges um and some some problems for some children that uh, then have to almost relearn how to be out in the world and be you know social uh so without being negative I think there are some some big pieces of work and some real uh, situations that families and other you know professionals are going to have to deal with to manage that to make to make those children you know be able to be back into into life and into society um yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and so what feels hopeful to you about the situation at the moment I mean we we're always looking for the positive side at Swings and Smiles I think we're quite a, a hopeful organization um and I think for us it is that we can see a bit of a light at the end of this tunnel so you know as I said we're we're hopeful that we'll be opening some of our garden sessions soon and we'll always be pushing for the next level um so when we'll be able to open indoors and when we'll be able to open some respite sessions um I think what we've seen out of it is that we can do things slightly differently um, and so some of the stuff that we have been delivering online we will continue to and probably expand upon that a bit as well so that's quite exciting um, that we'll be able to you know those families that wouldn't usually be able to attend a well-being group or a sibling group because of their geography or personal circumstances um, we'll be able to invite them into groups that they wouldn't have been able to be part of so that's 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 a really great thing that we've discovered we can do um I didn't even know what zoom was in February um <laughs> and now you know we're we're regularly you know it's it's all we we use um I think we've proven that we are a great support network for our families you know um a couple of months ago we were really lucky to get some funding to deliver some care packs um out to 70 mums and siblings um and i think we've built a really great support network for some families so we have um an a closed facebook group just for families that use swings and smiles and the engagement and interaction on that has increased um families you know supporting families which is was really great um and as a result of all of that we've actually um launched an app so um you know we're we're looking at innovative ways of delivering support even if we can't see people face to face so um our app which is available you know to download on any phone um provides mental um health support and well-being advice um it is it is pushed towards families of children with special needs but actually you know there's tips and hints on that around mindfulness there's some little um youtube links for you know very short pieces of you know yoga lessons and things like that so that you can get a little bit of a support boost wherever you are because you know we're all attached to our phones and we're all very technically technologically you know capable so we looked at that and we've been able to put that out there as well um without lockdown we wouldn't have looked at that um we wouldn't have probably thought about that as a possibility um so 
that they're really great things and we're really excited about developing them for the future so i think we've got lots to look forward to um which is which is lovely yeah the opportunities for creativity as well i think that like you say the these things weren't even on our most of our radars none of us were having zoom chats with people and actually um yeah opens up those new opportunities uh, for connection i suppose so yeah that's great it does yeah well thank you thank you so much laura for for being willing to come on and share a little bit about swings and smiles and um we're just so thankful for everything that you're all doing in the community and i know at the church we always see you guys as a real sort of light in the community so thank you for everything that you're doing oh, and to all your lovely stuff no. we'll be thinking of you <laughs> that's lovely and we we're really pleased to be actually part of the community in Thatcham I think it's a really great place for us to be based so th yeah thank you for having me on as well uh, thank you speak to you again soon okay, bye, bye. So I hope you all really enjoyed hearing from Laura there about Swings and Smiles. As I said at the end of the interview, I think Swings and Smiles just do such wonderful work in our community and they're really supporting um, those who really need it and the children in our community who, as she said, might be feeling isolated or lonely before all of this began. Um, so I hope that's something we can all um, be aware of and offer our support to. So thank you so much for tuning in and I'll be back very soon with another interview from our community. Bye everyone.